Hello, folks. Hello. Welcome to the Late Late Capitalism Show. We're very happy to have you here. Uh, we've got a, a doozy of a, of a media analysis episode for you this time around. Uh, but before we, we sink our teeth into that, would you like to uh, sit in this chair? Beautiful, lovely chair that I have here? Yes. Is it a gamer chair? I'm currently sitting in what many have called the most racist chair to ever exist. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's got all of the slurs from every Call of Duty matchup you've ever had etched into it. It's sort of yeah, beautiful. it's it's a cool kind of chair where the more that you say, the more padding it gets as it literally enters the space of the chair. <laughs> right. Well, uh, yeah, this could be yours uh, if only you follow uh, NDP leader Jagmeet Singh on Instagram. You know, our himbo leader of the left in this country mm. is now shilling for. What is it a chair company? Yeah, so he recently gave birth or not yeah. give birth. His wife <laughs> gave birth to He popped a chair out of his coochie. child. And his, <laughs> his wife posts a lot on Instagram and I don't know what the legality is around uh leaders spouses posting uh paid content on Instagram, but I from the article I read in the CBC this morning, it seems like it's also illegal for her to take it, but originally it was that the chair company gave her this chair for free if she would post about it on Instagram. It's like a rocking chair because they have a baby. So I think she did. And then he also randomly like posted a picture in the chair and then tagged the company. I don't think the caption was like about how great the chair is, but the fact that like both of them posted it and he tagged it and it was like a free gift. It's actually like the gift part is the part that's illegal. Like politicians aren't supposed to receive gifts. So I don't know if we have set laws about like social media promoting, but that was more of the issue. But very funny. It's a nice looking chair, I guess. So it's like I yeah, I sent the post in the chat. Okay. Um, the uh, caption is "How I'm spending my time these days." Smiley face slash slash. I have a new partner to spend time with. Smiley face camera emoji. So it's not like it was an ad mm-hmm. because he didn't say it was an ad. Uh, he I, did tag the chair for some reason. Yeah. The problem I have with this is more that, you know, the leader of the NDP, not saying that they, there is much hope, but if there is any hope for any sort of like meaningful change uh, in this country, uh, you know, at least electorally, it would be through them. And our leader at this point is ju- just this big of a moron that like he did not see this scandal coming. Uh, so not voting well. Although the last few elections could have probably already told you that. What? You mean the chair is going to undo all of his momentum of getting one seat? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I guess that's why I called a chair. There's there's a joke in there. Yeah. Yeah, That's right. (laughs) Um, Well, it's because right now he's putting influencer first, uh, political leader second, which I think could have been seen by how he is like mimicking AOC and stuff like that. In yeah. some regards, uh, regarding campaigning towards like youth individuals through social media, um, yeah, and, and sort of and, and justifying your own addiction to your phone by being like, oh, no, 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 this is politics that I'm doing. Yeah, like, it's, oh, it's I, like I'm posting and like you know, right? like I'm I'm having all these like really like nice selfies all the time. But like the reason I'm doing it is because like I, I have a political agenda and not because you know it feels good to be popular on, you know, TikTok or whatever the fuck. Mm, yeah. Once again, why is he on yeah, TikTok? Exactly. Like, I, well, I, 
and especially that shit drives me crazy because a lot of it, like, okay, not a lot of it. I don't have TikTok. I haven't checked, but the ones that I've seen go more viral are just about like his life. And so, which is at that point, you are just a social media influencer. Like it's about the baby being born and things like that. Whereas politicians who use social media for like political purposes, like you wouldn't really make it into your own, like, this is what I'm doing day to day account. It would be hopefully more about politics, but I feel like that's not where the, his social media is. And I think that's because he's thinking like, oh, the more people like me, the more they'll vote for me. But that doesn't seem to be that true because everyone yeah, likes no. him every election and then he never gets very many votes. So exactly. I think they should it, let me yeah. run his, his Instagram. I have a great track record with Instagram. No, that would go I, well. I am unbelievable. Could you imagine just a picture of Jagmeet, like full suit, and he says, damn, must have that COVID diarrhea the way my ass is dripping. Like, Thanks, Jesse. <laughs> yeah. 750,000 likes and somehow 750 million votes. Yeah, I, I just personally think that <laughs> if you want to be an effective politician, you, uh, you know, wouldn't let the public know what your children look like mm. uh, because that's just giving them ammunition. Mm. But, uh, you know, Why, that's you just me. Why, baby's ugly? No, I'm it's saying true. that Put if that you were an effective blackface, politician... And you were actually doing things and changing things. You wouldn't want people to know what your kids look like so they couldn't kill them. But, I mean, that seems a little yeah. dramatic for Canadian politics, but. I'll well, I, I, I'm Megan, looking I for a little to kill people every show. I know. I'm the one that has to remove them. I'm aware. Yeah. Begrudging. <laughs> also, they have paid for the chair, or they said they're going to pay for the chair so that it's folks, not okay. a gift That's anymore, a, but they do want to keep it. So. Speaking That's folks, a big folks, difference. Speaking of, you know, totalitarian regimes, much like Megan's editing, uh, yet that silence, okay, you know. Chance edits sometimes, too, so he's implicated with me. Yeah, but yeah. he doesn't remove the cool stuff. My, my episodes are director's cut. <laughs> this is, I'm trying to segue, and you guys can't even <laughs> let me do it. We're talking about the movie now, all right? We're talking about the <laughs> shitty goddamn movie that Jesse made me watch, all right? I swear, like, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm going to, like, you know, I'm going to be cool. I'm going to play along for the episode. But, like, this was terrible. Like, folks, I got the novel coronavirus, COVID-19, this week, and this was much worse than that. <laughs> oh, man. I thought this oh, movie was fine. Right. Yeah. I can't wait to wind you Can guys I up. say, Jesse... Jesse, you wasted my time. You did my not watch valuable time. <laughs> I will kill you. You wasted his time when he had to consider watching the movie. Yeah, you when I when also... I had to procrastinate, I spent so much time procrastinating watching the movie didn't to the point where I ended us... didn't watch the movie. Didn't you send us the link? Yeah, yeah he had he okay, had this a, window a... open on his browser, and he still did not watch it. I okay. was really debating yeah, for, not for watching days. it, but I did. And I'm upset about it. Join the dark side. So should we let them know what we did watch? Yes. Okay. So I am going, since I'm the only one who liked this movie, (laughs) uh, I'm the most objective person to talk about it. So upon the recommendation of Mr. Chance and one of our beloved viewers slash listeners, we decided to cover 2025 colon slash dash, depending on which version you look at, a world enslaved by a virus. I do Which like is, how they couldn't use a colon for some reason and changed it to a dash, so it just looks very stupid and not like how a movie is titled. But Also, this props. title is is a tagline. You could just call it 2025, and then the tagline should be a world enslaved by the virus. 
but no, all one. But I've I did some research and we found out why it's not just called 2025, and it's because there's like a hundred movies called 2025. Really? That's true. Why yeah. that year? Oh yeah, it's a great all perfect number. made in 2021 as well. Yeah. Oh, people are fun. Well, Megan, why would you tell me people don't want to live in this moment and? You know, they, they, they'd rather project themselves to a future not too far off. I Why do like do that? that instead of like a 20 year stress thing. It's like, no, it's going to happen in two years. <laughs> I don't yeah. think is necessarily it's, wrong. I mean, fair. It'd be like writing sci-fi for like four months. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. Like, Yo, <laughs> we're going to have yeah. flying cars. Check out uh, LLCS is uh, like our first full length movie, which is 20, tw- August 2022. A sci-fi epic with yeah. Blade Runner. Okay. Yeah. So 2025, <laughs> the world enslaved by a virus. Let's give you some some background information. This is a movie that was directed and written by Joshua Vesley, who is a German-born. And get ready for Off this. Off to folks, a bad start. And to make things worse, like this is one of the most like sexually repressed combinations of people to ever exist. He's a German Christian youth pastor. Ooh. That, that actually sent chills up my spine. Dangerous. Yeah. I was like, this guy is fucked. There is nothing about this man that is redeemable or salvageable. And that's before I knew all the stuff that <laughs> the internet has found out about him since then. That's like the equivalent of like you hearing that someone tortured animals when they were a kid. You're like, oh, this is just bad. This man, and that's the thing. Like, you know how they have that serial killer like triad or like personality test where you have to meet a certain criterion to be classified? Yeah, mind hunter shit. Yeah, this guy just by virtue of being German and a youth pastor has like a 100% criterion rate. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, let's let's read the the elevator pitch for this. All right. We are in 2025. Since the appearance of COVID-19 in 2020, the world is no longer the same. Colon. A new system with single world government has been put in place. So this movie was made in 2021 and the budget is estimated to be around $8,000. $10,000, Megan. Thank you very much. I <laughs> Which is how much each website. episode of this show costs. That, that is true. <laughs> I went to the website for the Vesley brothers because his brother, uh, I believe it is, yes, Simon, also directed the movie. And one of the first things they advertise on their website is something called Mission in Paradise, coming soon. Oh. What is Mission in Paradise Ooh. about? The mission is different than people imagine it to be. Head of Christ Flight, the documentary. This documentary, filmed in reality TV style, follows, follows the organization Christ Flight, which what the fuck? wants to start a new missionary work in the Bahamas. Because Bahamas have more than 600 islands, airplanes are indispensable. Uh, what? Christ Flight gives me an incredibly powerful Lolita Express energy. I really don't like that it's called Christ Flight and that involves these two guys. I mean, it's, again, it's sort of bad enough already being, like, a random company that's, like, foreign-owned that does missionary work in the Bahamas without implying that they're all pedophiles. Yeah, so it's, it's already pretty evil. Yeah. So, on the official uh, Visley Brothers website, they list that uh, 2025, the world enslaved by a virus, has been viewed over 250,000 times, has 600 ratings, and is available on 15 streaming platforms, and furthermore, that it is the Christian cinema number one bestseller. I was thinking during watching this that I genuinely feel for Christians that like only watch mm-hmm. Christian media, 
because they only get dog shit. And that's just like sucks to be them. Like <laughs> well, okay. I know there's lots of Christians that watch more than that. But if you really are limiting yourself to just like Christian music and movies, you really just don't get anything good in your life. That's really unfortunate. Except for this one. That's what makes them turn to God, the... is that they're just hoping for a better life under this one. <laughs> Let's stop beating around the bush. Let's talk about why all of us are even familiar with this movie. <clears throat> so Joshua Vesley, a once again German youth pastor, rose to prominence when tweet when a Instagram post he posted in November of 2020 uh, resurfaced. Actually, just earlier this month. And for the well, record, we're recording this in January. It resurfaced because of this film coming out and people looking this guy up. So there you go. It's a it's a it's an Ouroboros. Because I didn't know about the film. I learned about this guy first and then the film. So <laughs> he posted back in November of 2020 uh, a happy birthday post for his uh, girlfriend, then fiance, and now wife. Isn't that nice? Right? Mm-hmm. That's nice, guys. Yeah. That's nice. In the Instagram post, he Just read the first line. Yes. I wanted to pull up the full post itself. Here it is. So in the post, he writes, Finally 18, star Mm. eyes emoji, heart. I can't describe what words, I can't describe with words what you mean to me and what kind of person you are. You have been my best friend for four years. Uh, Oh. So, <laughs> Joshua Wesley. We, we need we need to put in the rock uh, uh, Green Day Eyebrow. mashup. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> On my own, here we go. So, Joshua Wesley is five years older than his current fiance. I thought it was four. Uh, it says he's currently 24 and she's currently 19. Oh, yeah, I think so, she was born in 2002. So and he's Women born in can't do math, folks. They are so four te- years apart, but maybe technically his birthday is different. His birthday, that's the thing. So technically speaking, he is five years older than her, which means he would have met her around 14. He was at least 18 years of age. And to put things into perspective, imagine that your friend is graduating high school and your sister is starting high school and they're dating. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it does happen. Not good. Definitely groomer behavior. Not great. Especially this guy. now they're locked in and they're married <laughs> yep. and they run an app about how to not get divorced. So sadly, this is just her life now. <laughs> so bear in mind that Isabel and Joshua are, uh, at least in their opinion, happily married. Joshua takes on this monumental task of writing, directing, and of course, starring in a Christian epic, the likes of which we have never seen on this podcast. 2025, The World Enslaved by a Virus. And here's how it begins. And I, you can tell I liked this movie, or at least I understood or cared about it, because I actually broke it down into separate scenes in my notes. Usually it's just a hodgepodge or whatever. The movie opens with an inspiring, stirring Ford F-150 OST as a German man drives an affordable, smashed-up automobile down the Autobahn. I'm sorry, before, you're already, you're skipping way too far ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, There's an opening title crawl. uh, Well, not a title crawl, just sort of like Adobe Flash, like, uh, here's some text, here's some I think it's Windows Movie Maker. I know because I used to make a lot of movies in Windows Movie Maker. That uh, warns us, like sort of sets the scene for us, lets us know what kind of world we're going to be diving into, what kind of futuristic world. And it uh, paints... Uh, a utopia, a sort of a, like a beautiful, glorious uh, reality where there is one world government. Quote, uh, the first line of text you see besides the title is communism is all over the place. 
which is just it's so charming it's such like a charm it seems like something like a seven-year-old would say uh after reading a history textbook uh but yeah communism is all over the place uh there's only one language english which is the best one um (laughs) there's only uh one government uh just called the government that's the best one uh it's communism meetings are illegal so you don't have to go to AA anymore. Sweet. Yeah, or work. Awesome. Pretty nice. Yeah, work. Yeah, no more. You know how communist governments hate working. Yeah, and meetings. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> the two things they despise. And the cherry on top, Christianity is illegal. Hallelujah, this... folks. Praise <laughs> the Lord. No more Christianity. Now, I'm not going to tell you that I can. I know all the names of the characters, so I'm just going to tell you about them and the names I gave them. So our main character, I just called him German Groomer or G Groomer for short. Okay. Uh, G Groom. G Groom. We had- uh, in our in the first scene, uh, I was like, maybe it was just like the lighting was really terrible. But I was like, this guy has like the most deranged bone structure I've ever yes. seen. Like it was, he looks like if you took a Vox writer and then you just like sharpened him. It was terrifying to look at. Kind of looks like uh, the guy who played David from Schitt's Creek, but if, yeah, you sucked, like, 40 pounds out of his face. Yeah. Like, it does, he basically, <laughs> he looks insanely gay. Like, that is his vibe. That's how he dresses. But that, to be fair, is just how European I think it's dress. just a European thing, because also all the yeah. women in this movie dress like it's 2014-ish, which, like, not horribly <laughs> unfashionable, but I was like, I think Europeans just haven't really caught up, or they just still think it looks good. But everybody wears skinny jeans, like all the dudes, yes. all the ladies, like little leather jackets. I'm like, okay, cool. So there is a, and I use the term chase here very liberally. There is a chase along the Autobahn as uh, G. Groomer. And also the music in this scene is diegetic for some reason as he turns up his radio and it plays stock commercial music, which made me laugh really hard. I was like, <laughs> what station is he? You know what? To be fair, it's Germany. They probably have all kinds of crazy shit on the radio. Uh, so he's being followed by the police, and you can tell that it's the police because these cars, which are not police cars, have license plates with, say, police on them. And that's the only identifying factor. And I will say, I bet G Groomer gets plenty of use out of those custom police license plates. Yeah, that's e- all I'm saying. Each car is going roughly, like, 40 kilometers an hour. No, they are going at most five miles an hour. Like, I'm not even kidding. They are at a snail's pace. I also, there's a lot of, like, gunshot sound effects, but really mm-hmm. quietly, like, they didn't want to commit to actually having the gunshot noise in case it sounded cringe or something. So they just added them in, but, like, barely audible. My favorite part of this opening scene is that uh, G. Groomer goes off-road in his, like, shitty, beat-up little sedan, and he is pursued by a police jeep, a red police jeep with a flashing <laughs> yeah. light yeah. and police which, license. Which is different. It <laughs> just sort awesome. of appears, like, they have a different <laughs> yeah. police car that chases them. And then once he goes off-road, they just pull over and get out. <laughs> and also, at one point, when they're doing a cut between, like, an editing cut, they somehow manage to, like, reverse the image, and we see two Jeeps following him for, like, a split second, even though only <laughs> one is there. And I, like, rewound it four times to watch, and I lost my mind. I was like, how, how did you do that? <laughs> What's even funnier is when the police get out of the car. And reminder, this is a communist, like, one-world government state. They're just dressed like regular guys. They look like Chris R. from The Room when they, like, get out and arrest him. (laughs) They put him into the back (laughs) of the police jeep. And I was, like, I was hoping so desperately it was a two-door jeep and he was going to have to, like, shimmy behind the seat. (laughs) But no, it was 
admittedly a four-door Jeep. Uh, G Groomer is dressed like Steve Jobs. I also wrote everybody's wearing like black yes, turtlenecks. Yes, I, I will tuck on that, uh, touch on that later. I'll tuck Wonderful. into that later. So the next scene is at the police station. This is our interrogation scene, which also serves as like our framing device in big scare quotes for the movie. And I wrote that he's being interrogated by Officer Doughboy Poppin' French. (laughs) (laughs) Who tells uh, G. Groomer that the Bible and a book that just simply said 2020 on it are treasonous and outlawed. Yeah, like, and and then uh, our our friend G. Groomer uh, launches into, uh, before he launches into the story proper, where I guess he just narrates uh, Mm. everything that ever happened to him to this guy the cop like the interrogator just sort of like has an npc face the whole time (laughs) it looks like he's like buffering uh (laughs) that is so true like he has no definition like they're they're two opposites g groomer has too much definition in his face and officer doughboy has none yeah i also like getting arrested and trying to convert the police officer yeah (laughs) yeah like again like uh like a totalitarian like brutal government where you're just allowed to, like, run your mouth for, like, <laughs> an hour and a half, just, like, saying shit nonsense. But, like, okay, so we had, like, our, like, action-packed, like, pulse-pounding chase scene. We have to, like, bring it down. Uh, and this is, you know, the part where, like, your character would introduce himself and you sort of get to know him. Rather than that, this, this is very efficient filmmaking we have. Mm. German uh, style, so, yes. I- exactly. Uh, so... Uh, instead, G. Groomer opts uh, to have his character himself just literally, he starts this movie off after the chase scene with uh, a call to action where he's like talking about like, you know, all of the terrible things that are happening now, all of the good things that there used to be and how if we all came together, we could stop this uh, in like the first three minutes of the movie, mm-hmm. uh, which again, super efficient. Uh, and I think the most interesting part of the movie is right here where he sort of he conflates COVID taking away our freedoms and our ability to uh, go to parties and have celebrations and go to restaurants and go to concerts. There's stock footage of concerts that he shows also, over this month. And it's not just any concert. It's like re- religious like revivals. Yeah. Like big Christian concerts. Yeah, it's horrible. Truly satanic shit. Uh, and uh, he like it's this like really really interesting conflation of you know like these hedonistic consumeristic like very american ideals of going out uh and spending money at restaurants and concerts and whatnot with christianity and i was like this this guy gets it man he's like right out the gate he's like he's spitting fire i love this and the way he and then the movie never gets that interesting again he says like do you remember what life was like when we could Five go to restaurants ago. and it's like, okay, that's, that's what you're concerned about in this totalitarian government is yeah. not going I'd happen. also like to say when he has too much, like too many lines to deliver, which is often in this movie, he has like a Tommy Wiseau style delivery where the words just blend together. For example, he was talking about how uh, the world government deleted their rights and he says, they're in charge. They delete our right. <laughs> just let them and it's like I, I wrote a couple of those down throughout where it was just like his words ran together and it's clear and what's so funny and what I realized halfway through I was like why did because every person except for like two people in this maybe three are German like why did you make mm-hmm. this movie in English when 
almost all of your cast is German. And then I realized, oh, because this is made for an American Christian conservative yeah, audience. Literally not no reading subtitles. Yeah, yeah. No German uh like there might be like maybe five hundred German evangelicals who would watch this. <laughs> you know? Like and also, no he says he says like before English became the world language, and is like hating yeah. on it in the movie. But I'm like, sir, you chose to make your movie in English. Like this it's was also your call. So funny that English is the only language when they talk about the rest of the world later on. I was just like, yeah, man, for sure. So uh, during this interrogation, we get a time jump to three months ago. So presumably early year 2025. And the first thing we see is a white woman playing an acoustic guitar, which made me so upset. I was like, fuck, it's not going to go well. This, this is actually uh, Alana Haim's <laughs> second uh, film role after Licorice so, Pizza. I christened this woman uh, Gal Gadot because she kind of has like a scuffed Gal Gadot vibe. And I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of the principal cast in this are just like way worse versions of like right wing celebrities. So I've just, that's my naming convention for this. So uh, this girl, Gal Gadot, who is actually probably a better actor than the real Gal Gadot. I would, uh, yeah, no. uh, honestly, yeah, I would say that. They're there, literally there's... horrible to watch in this movie. Yeah. Like, I, I feel all, like none of them was... can remember their lines. It's so bad. But it's, okay, here, like, in, in this scene, this is where it's like, okay, this is cinema verite. Uh, this is, like, actually gorgeous. They didn't write a script for this film. They just no, sort of they like they gave the character like okay this is your character and like you're gonna like you're gonna say this thing like just mention uh something about how you love Jesus and then they just sort of like naturally it's very like they stutter and they say like um like oh, blah, yeah. blah, all that. the time <laughs> and like I was like mo especially her performance because she really like cannot get a single line out <laughs> with, without saying like, oh, uh, we should do this. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly, like this is how Naturalistic acting. Oh, it's beautiful. I loved it. I will also say at one point early in the scene, she spikes the camera. She looks dead in the center of the camera, like staring into my soul. <laughs> I was like, I, yeah, oh, I kept no the take. I hate that she shit. She also at one point says, uh, so there's three people in the room. There's uh, G. Groomer, Gal Gadot, and then their friend Luke, who has like a page boy haircut. So I called him Anton Chigurh. <laughs> uh, they were hanging out. Uh, Luke is so Anton Chigurh is like, I, I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm out. I don't want to be a part of this Christian underground group. Yeah, so, which was like they hadn't done anything yet. No, like they were just hanging out. I think like one of their friends got murdered or whatever. But arrested. I will give you the the salient points in this scene. There's a lot of meandering. Surprise, surprise. In this 92 minute movie, but the key just to this scene, it's like, oh, we should do something. We're Christians, quote, I feel like we're the only Christians left in the world. This is about six minutes into the movie, and I wrote this note. I hate this fucking pussy so much. I hope he fucking dies in real life. Fuck <laughs> you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Uh, anyways. But then, uh, I, I feel like <laughs> the, the meandering was, was uh, again, sort of brilliant because, like, this whole scene, it does go on forever. And it's them oh, just yeah. sort of, like, you know, things occur to them, and they're like, Oh, yeah, like, it reminds me about how, like, when Christianity first started, it was also illegal. And then the oh, girl's yeah. like, oh, yeah, that's true. And, like, it just she seems like... She literally says, true. True. <laughs> Facts. But, like, it just felt like it was, like, two, like, college freshmen stoned out of their minds, like, 
half-remembering Bible camp to each other. Like, these mm-hmm. were, like, are supposed to be, like, two, like, dyed-in-the-wool, like, I'm willing to do anything for my faith Like, revolutionary. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, oh, like, do you know, like, the Jesus fish? And they're like, okay. yeah, I do. Okay. One line she says is, when I see the police, I almost get almost paranoid that they could chase me or catch me or find out who we are. And I was like, this, like, level of knowledge of police brutality, like, from this random, like, white German woman who's obviously faced no issues. It's like me talking about police brutality. Like, I also... Have no idea what I'm talking about, but I was like, them pretending to be like running from the law in this movie is so funny because you can tell they have like literally never interacted with a police officer in their life. Oh my God. So Dean, I'm glad you mentioned the fish though, because the fish symbol, that's the big thing. Like that's the hook (laughs) for the rest of this movie. Uh, There's two lines I want to highlight in this scene before we move on to the actual fish themselves. At one point, uh, they said, when talking about how they can let other Christians know who they are, we go out, maybe do those fish, (laughs) which I thought was brilliant. (laughs) And then Gal Gadot, this is maybe my favorite line of the whole movie, because I had to replay it like four times. She says, as I said, I won't give up this fight. Also, this isn't our fight. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) Which makes me laugh so hard. It's not like dot, 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 brackets later on. This isn't our fight. It's I won't give up this fight. Also, this isn't our fight. Again, (laughs) cinema verite. I wrote like eight exclamation marks and five question marks. This is real (laughs) dialogue, folks. This is how real morons in the real world actually communicate. Fuck. Uh, And then the scene ends inexplicably with a split second shot of G Groomer's hands. Not like him praying, literally just his hands. And that's the end of the scene. And then with the next thing we see, and for the record, it took me a while to realize this, G. Groomer and Gal Gadot are brother and sister. Yeah, they don't yes. say that till halfway through, I don't think. Which really made a lot of these early scenes horrifying, as I'm going to get to. So they're going out into the forest <laughs> to spray paint uh, the Jesus fish on the ground in pink and blue. In order to like uh, raise awareness of like, Christianity. <laughs> The clo- like, the closer they get to the city, the graffiti gets way smaller until they just stop doing it altogether and, like, try to edit it in in post. And, like, this whole time they're being spied on by a tier one operator. Just, like, some, like, chud watching them do all this. And once again, we get some room-esque qualities because the soundtrack, which is, like, weird, like, Euro-pop jazz is, like, playing as they're doing this. And then... <laughs> As G. Groomer and Gal Gadot are spray painting some fish, I swear to God this is true. Uh, Gal Gadot gets shot in the arm by Muscles Glasses from Epic Meal Time. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he before, walks around the corner. Epic. Before they get shot, though, they like cannot operate the spray paint cans, no. and they leave the no. scenes of yeah. them like like trying to get it to work or just spraying a circle by accident in the movie and i'm like what the hell this is a good time to let you know the reason why it was really easy for jesse to have scene by scene notes is that from this point on every scene is punctuated with a montage set to a christian rock song yes so it'll be like 30 second scene two minutes of montage of spray painting or hacking or whatever the fuck other thing as it goes on uh, and it's like mind boggling. Oh, and it it's crazy. interminable. But I, I do have, have a couple things time. to note about this spray painting scene. Yes, they fuck it up constantly and they leave all those takes in. That's great. <laughs> uh, 
also like they definitely definitely did not like apply for to the government or like got no, permission no. to do any of these tags. Well, that's why they're doing so, it on a tree or like they <laughs> exactly. did one on leaves on the ground that are gonna blow yeah. away. <laughs> it's yeah, like okay, which was extremely cool. But they're also like painting over other people's tags with yep. like chance can tell you you're gonna get fucking killed if you try to do that. Uh. Oh yeah, that's no good. That's no yeah. bueno. Don't don't uh, fucking fuck up. I don't know how it works over in the continent or whatever, war. but like you can't do that shit. After uh, Gal Gadot gets shot in the arm, G Groomer just takes off. Like he just runs and leaves his sister for dead. <laughs> I and know. Then, yeah. What the hell? <laughs> we see we see the tier one operator then uh, like attack the officer from behind and steal his tourniquet. Because like he, like he takes a tourniquet <laughs> from this tourniquet. officer and puts it on Gal Gadot's bleeding, broken arm. Yeah, and then, which like, then he, heals he, as if it's left for dead. And it's like, this arm has... It's so funny to me. Uh, he They they end up back, and I, I call their home base the dorm because it looks like it was yeah. uh, a dorm. And yes, they as got our, fairy lights up. It's, it's our cute. studio it's audience time. noted... The tier one operator was wearing an American flag bandana mask. So, you know, he's an American. They get back to the dorm. <laughs> he says, you're losing a lot of blood. I need to look at your wound again. Even though he had applied a tourniquet, <laughs> stop the blood and said immediately after you're losing a lot of blood, the bleeding stopped. <laughs> Which I went, what? And then, and then she like gets over it and they have a full scene of chatting where yes. it's like she's not shot in the arm. And she says to him, so you actually know why we drew those fish? All one word. <laughs> and then she says, so are you? And he takes off his mask. And this guy looks like the spinning image of Kyle Rittenhouse. No. So I, d- uh, I, I thought, I disagree. I, I feel like he looked, I agree that he does have a Rittenhouse vibe, but he looks most like Michael from Rooster Oh, mean. No, no, he doesn't. No. Michael isn't blonde. He, this guy is blonde. He just looks like the most American person of all time. But also when they say, are you? And they like look yeah. at him questioningly. There's a cross around his neck and a cross <laughs> dangling from the lampshade directly be- beside him. And he says, a Christian? Yes. And I'm like, you couldn't gather that from all of the Christian like paraphernalia he's decked out in? But okay. Also, I will say a lot of the scene read like they're propositioning him to be their third including the line we are trying to find like-minded people (laughs) oh hell yeah Uh, (laughs) hey but me and my sister uh, saw you uh, (laughs) across the 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 overpass and uh we couldn't help but like your vibe we saw you at the nwo school (laughs) (laughs) so gal gadot reveals that she was a nurse who had to quit her job because of vaccine mandates and when asked about what their plan is she responds our plan is to spray fish yeah that was so and then but she like obviously it was one of those lines she was ad-libbing she says well right now our plan is to spray fish you know like it could develop into something else in the future but yeah right now we're we're spraying fish i'm like wow it's like she read the script or something I would like to comment on their operational security, their OPSEC. They chose, like, the second most noteworthy Christian symbol to advertise their underground secret Christian group. (laughs) I was like, what's wrong with these people? And then this scene in the dorm, where they're getting to know Kyle Rittenhouse, is immediately followed up by, as I wrote, sensual shots of gun girls' socks, sheets, and shoes, as we just see a young blonde woman's feet 
And then we see her go downstairs and make breakfast. And because she is a curly-haired blonde woman with no defining facial features, yes, I did dub her Gun Girl. She's like skinnier Gun Girl. And it was was like a 90-second scene of her just making breakfast. And like the cereal she made was about 95% milk and 5% cereal. And she ate it with a spoon that was weirdly long. A half handful of cereal. And it was like, you know, like the scene in Get Out. Uh, where like <laughs> with the, woman, the Fruit Loops, yeah, the Fruit. I, that's exactly what's going through. I was like, "What is it with like weird racist perverts and milk, man?" Yeah, we did a whole episode oh, about milkshakes. You shit. can look it up. I've got like, I'm gonna crack this code one day. We also so missed like- <laughs> the line, the classic line. My brother was getting his master's degree in the economy. In the economy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gal Gadot so? did say that about the main character, supposedly. G Groomer. And I would like to say that this 90 second shot of just this random blonde girl is completely like unprecedented and not explained for like another 10 minutes. Because we just go from that 90 second vignette back to the dorm where uh, Kyle Rittenhouse tells us his backstory that he was a Marine. And at first I was like, why is he in Germany? And then I was like, oh, the American army has people stationed all over the fucking yeah. place that don't yeah. need to be there. So I was like, like okay, we've that's got fine. like a, a f- like a few like 10, 20,000 people in Germany right now yeah. at least. <laughs> They're just getting shit on and having a party. It's a sweet place to be. I got to go to Germany. Uh, he also then said that he broke up with his longtime girlfriend of 4 years because quote, she was siding with the government, so I broke up with her. Mhm. And then he says he had to leave his job in the Marines. uh, That's right. Because they're going to make him recite the new constitution. And he says, quote, uh, the the U.S. Marine says, of course, I swear to nobody other than God. (laughs) And the way he says other than God is so funny. Where he's like, I swear to nobody uh, uh, other than God. (laughs) He just completely forgot. Also, this drove me insane. So two things. First off, we find out that they're siblings. Like, Gal Gadot is like, oh, I live with my brother, wink, wink, where she's like, fuck me, Kyle Rittenhouse. Turn my German pussy into Mm -hmm. Poland and just annex it. Okay. And and then also, Kyle Rittenhouse, you can tell this man is not an actor, just starts fiddling with his sweater and his hair in the middle of delivering his lines. Okay, this actor, (laughs) later on, he's getting, like, riled up at someone, and I wrote down... They didn't tell him this was a movie. Like, he thinks this is happening. Because there's no way he could have such, like, such earnest yeah, lines, naturally. honestly. Again, I'm like, telling you, this is art. This is cinema verite, baby. Like, I swear he he was getting actually mad at the characters that his character was mad at. I was like, there's no other explanation. The one other line that he said I found so funny was the girl just like, I think they were running out of things to talk about and they still had like mm. 10 fucking minutes left of talking. And she said, do you live around here? And he said, yeah, yeah 20 minutes. And then he looked around the room and says, well, I don't know where we are, but I would say about 20 minutes. I was like, cool. Oh my God. Also, what do you mean you don't know where you are? You followed them. <laughs> yeah, you-, you followed them to the park. What are you talking about? Uh, he also then said, my parents committed suicide because of vaccine, which also... That's yeah. so cool. And which, then, like, uh, for the record, according to them, they are burning in hell forever because of that. So. And Gal Gadot, after hearing this young man tell her all about how his parents committed suicide because of vaccine, says the following. I know how it feels to lose parents. My parents are 65, although they're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> That's the age of death. That's mental but death. She's implying that there's nothing worth living for. And then after that, I was like, these two are going to have the most uninspired missionary imaginable because they're not both German. If they were both German, like, this would be a freak fucking weird sex thing. Uh, oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Another Gal Gadot line. She's my favorite actor in yeah, this. Yeah, she, she, I loved her in this. She ruled. was like, quote, quotable. That was also a thing I was thinking about. Yeah, the whole monitoring system they actually created over the years. I think they see everything, even our spraying and walking around. <laughs> Talking about the CCTV, no. the one world government uses. And then she theorizes that the reason why they haven't been arrested yet is because of white hats or incompetence. Yeah, it, it's okay. either someone inside is working with them or their security system isn't actually good. <laughs> And it ends up being both. <laughs> the world building uh, in this movie is awful. Like, I, I really wanted yeah. to understand what level of power the government actually had over them or what danger they were facing. Because, like, for a movie about quote-unquote revolutionaries, like, the main characters are never in any issue or problem at all. And then someone will just come to them and be like, my family was killed. And they'll go, oh, no, that's sad. And I'm like, what is the government's goal here? And, like, why is the head of the government, like, in their random small town in Germany? Like, what is going on? Oh. Anyway. Okay. Uh, also, towards the end of the scene, Kyle Rittenhouse asks, do you think I could stay here? Referring to the dorm. And then Gal Gadot responds, yes, we love you being a part of us now, which also made my skin oh, crawl. Yeah. And then they start playing guitar. And she's like, oh, I'm not very good. And Kyle Rittenhouse says, to get good at guitar, it just takes practice, really. Yeah, man. No shit. <laughs> His guitar advice is that it takes practice. Again, like, like making fun of these people because they aren't acting. They're not actors. They it's really so believe this is happening. Like the next scene, it's just like the, like all three of them go out oh and spray God. paint fishes. And like they, they teach... Michael well, Mr. Teeth or Kyle Reed House, how to spray fishes. And so I was like, okay, at this point, I'm just walking, watching a documentary about like three simpletons going on a hike. That's what's <laughs> yes. happening. I will say, intersplice though, we do have hacking scene number one, where we see a green lit room with somebody who is apparently a Bitcoin miner. And you can tell that it's, 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 it's a computer scene because it has the green matrix color and aesthetic in it. And yeah. this is a 30-second scene. The only reason I ends. knew that uh, she mined Bitcoin was because the, the <laughs> description told me that she did. Uh, actually, if you look at the computer, I watched this the, the sixth time I watched it in the last two days. Uh, and yes, she did have a gaming mouse. In fact, I actually have the same gaming mouse as the hacker. Wow. Uh, you can see That's in the, the bottom right all corner. The extremely loud clicking noises. Great. Yeah, and it's and it makes colors. And in the bottom right hand corner of her screen, you see a little a pickaxe mining into some rock. She's oh. a Bitcoin miner. I and then it. we get to Oh, I thought that would have been mine. One of the funniest scenes in the movie, one that Dean has mentioned, graffiti scene number two, where the these three simpletons go out on the town to spray some fish, uh, which starts off with them saying uh, haha, tell us a joke. And oh God, Kyle Rittenhouse yeah. says, Okay, I got one. Uh, what did Corona do to Jesus? Uh, nothing. <laughs> what did he do? Nothing. And then no. <laughs> neither of the other actors <laughs> laugh. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> like, it was really, really embarrassing. This is why uh, I'm like, I don't even, like, I think they were just meeting for the first time. Like, I don't think this is a movie. I don't know. They, this is a documentary about three really Simpletons. interesting people. Yeah. I but I, ca- Jesus. I can't believe they did, a like, a separate fish spray painting scene, like, less than ten minutes after the first fish spray painting yeah. scene. I was like, and it sorry. lasts just as long. I keep looking at my notes. So... We are like 20 minutes into this movie, folks. Okay. So, as they they make bird noises at one point for no reason, they just start making bird noises, which when you're on a covert mission to spray fish so you're not killed by the world government, it's just mind-blowing. <laughs> we then see Kyle Rittenhouse start spraying a fish, and he sprays the actress's bloodstones. In and the she process. gets pissed. Like, She's so mad. So funny. Oh I was like, God. why did you leave? And she says in? something like, that's why you spray the ground. And I was like, yeah, literally. Like, they're just fighting <laughs> in also, real you're life. Not... Yeah, why are you spraying the ground? Yeah, this is, this is where Who they the were sp- spraying the, the leaves that were on the ground that were, like, moving as they sprayed them. I was like, this is a great plan. Why would you do they that? walk under a bridge. And there's graffiti under the bridge. And G. Groomer looks to the left and screams. And there's a drawing of a Mario <laughs> a Goomba on the wall. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? Wait, what was From Mario. Oh my and god. He screams so loud. That was like, is this a comedy? And it was, it was like a documentary kind of camera move where the cameraman's filming him and then he screams and the cameraman wants to see what it is. So they pan over really fast and it's a Goomba. It's like, yeah, okay. it's like Blair also, Witch. Oh my god. You can't god. hear any of the dialogue in the scene because they're underground. They're under a bridge and it just mixes and like smashes off the walls. <laughs> Oh. So there is nothing, nothing comprehensible for 30 seconds until we cut away to the <laughs> hacker who is watching them on a camera as dubstep plays. She sees the symbol they spray paint and it starts Googling fish and then Christian fish. Yeah. And then so, lastly, Christian. Again, this is a, a like massively powerful totalitarian world government where Christianity is illegal. But you can still go on Wikipedia and Google Jesus fish. <laughs> also... Th- it happened five <laughs> years ago. Are you telling me you haven't heard of Christianity? <laughs> One of the biggest religions in history. <laughs> yeah, like you were alive. Like, what the fuck? Oh my god. Oh Christ. So we, we get back to the dorm as the thruple sleeps, thankfully not all in one big bed. There is a knock on the door. They say, who's that? And then immediately G. Groomer says, are you a traitor? Did you sell us out? <laughs> yeah, that was the most Wiseau shit I ever, ever heard. I, I literally wrote, I was like, very Tommy Wiseau there. And then they open the door to a tall, beautiful woman in a leather skirt uh, who has, I don't know if I can say this, but a friend of ours said that they had trans girl magic, even though I do not think that's the case. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's very it's Matrix vibes for sure. And you know what? That's fair. I feel yeah, okay. She's about serving that. Trinity. So she's a goth girl hacker, and she actually might be the worst. I thought she was the worst actor until we meet one other character in just yeah, a few she's minutes. Pretty terrible. But I love her. She is hilarious. Yeah, and her, she's her name is Holly. Did did you have a, a fake name for her? No, I just I just called her Holly. I liked oh, her. All right, cool. <laughs> she, she's kind she was kind of crazy with it. But she comes in, and she's asking about Jesus and Christianity. And once again, we can see that this is a full-grown woman, meaning she was presumably alive at least five years ago. (laughs) Uh, 
at this point, they're like, oh, she's like, I can help you find other Christians out there. And then we get a recap of everything that's been happening for the last 10 minutes. And at one point, they say, we have to build an underground army. And I wrote, yes, a Lord's army of sorts. So that's the, <laughs> that's the plan for this. They yeah, are going to build I, I should Lord's also army. mention, uh, Holly does say that she can uh, hack into the, like, police commissioner, inspector, whatever, like, high-up government person. Their files, uh, yeah. Yeah. And she, like, uh, they're like, oh, like, really? You can do that to the police inspector? And she says, yes. She is an animal cracker. Yeah, I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't <laughs> know what that, that meant was either. A German insult. I feel that it's got to be like some sort of German thing. But either they, way, perverted. They also talk about organizing quote worldwide events so that they can quote stay under the radar of the police. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> under the radar by organizing worldwide events. Yeah, so they are now a. They've moved on from a triad to uh, uh, a quad. Yeah, a quad. They're, they're quadri- quadrisecs. Yeah. And I, I would also say the lighting in the dorm, like th- most of this movie looks like it was lit by a gaming PC. Yeah, it so really it's does. Like, it, it's like blues <laughs> and like purples. And we get what I called Gun Girl Scene 3, where we are at the One World Government Headquarters. And originally I said that her boss is Rocco from Mega 64, but I just realized something. Her boss is Gavin McInnes. Oh my God. That's Polo exactly shirt. right. Slicked back hair, glasses, kind of like mid forties, like burnout sensibilities. Yeah, I just I said was, it, it oh, looked like fuck. he owned like a pool cleaning business, but yeah, I think you're right. He's Gavin. So is and beca- and, is the one world government run by him and his daughter? He's like a middle manager, and his daughter works for him, and they report to some shadowy figure higher up in the government. That's who he's on the phone with. Oh, I see. So Gun Girl works there. So the girl we saw with her socks and bed sheets and feet and eating the fucked up cereal, she works at the One World Government nice. headquarters. And we learned that, oh, she's like sympathetic Christians. So she deletes their records from the database, which makes me wonder why they need Holly since this girl <laughs> is just deleting their records from the database. And then she hides in like the server room. And in the server room, like it is lit up by, and it's clear, this is a gaming PC. Like it is a blue light coming out of like, the glass case of a PC, and it's like the entire room is like incandescent. But she manages to hide from a soldier who enters this like five by five foot closet, <laughs> even though her face is blue and lit by the gaming PC. And he just like misses her. And I was like, what happened here? I literally don't know what's going on in this scene. But it ends with a uh, gun girl says when they ask her what she's doing, she's like, oh, I was doing some stuff with a Word document. Don't we all want efficiency? And it's like, that's a classic German line. It does yeah, not surprise yeah, me yeah, that, that it worked. Yeah, that passes the vibe check instantly. They're like, yeah, you're completely right. Go about your business. S- speech 100. <laughs> we then see what I call a youth ministry montage, yeah, where it's the, just the, the main Jesus guy freaks, preaching. Yeah, the Jesus freaks are out in the street. And one of the lines he delivers is, we live under communism. Yeah, <laughs> communism, <laughs> uh, where everyone gets really big into invocation. I love Also, the that. German guy says, quote, Freed countries from dictators, which, <laughs> uh, you're German. <laughs> I, yeah. I was so fucked up by that. And yeah. he also then, he also says, people around the world were filled fully by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he then also says, we're, we're gonna faggot back our freedom. And I'm not kidding. Oh, he no. literally says, faggot back our freedom. Yeah. Not we, the F slur, faggot back. 
Yeah, so cool. He says, oh, we used to deliver food and medicine, which is the opposite of what the communist government fighting coronavirus is doing, apparently. Yes. Yeah, that also what, yeah, what an absurd thing to say. Yeah. Uh, at this point, we realize that both uh, Gal Gadot and G. Groomer now have love interests, so they can continue the Thousand Year Reich. Gal Gadot is going to smush parts with Kyle Rittenhouse. <laughs> and meanwhile, <laughs> we have, hmm, a slightly different vibe going on for G. Groomer. And uh, more on that in a little bit. But his partner, there's a, a little hubbub about her. So, at this point, Megan, the thing you talked about of having like this graphic of like red countries, and it's just so funny that it like starts with Germany, where like Christianity is spreading, and then immediately it like spreads into like Poland and like Belgium. And I was like, this is incredible. This is World War II History Channel vibes of this red scourge moving from Germany across the world. And I imagine oh it was supposed to be like the spreading the message of Christ, but like Literally, it was just, like, spreading, interspersed with, like, ten other scenes, none of which were them doing anything related to the cause. It was literally them going on dates, and then it's, like, just in the background because he preached one time in a park to six people. Now, like, the entire world is becoming Christian. Or else just the the hacker girl's doing it all by herself, and we just don't get to see her do it, which, okay. Because Gal Gadot is just writing notes in a book. uh, (laughs) Following this scene, we have Dorm Scene 5, which involves a young man... Another Dylan. twinkish boy in black named Dylan, Dylan Roof. Just saying, <laughs> that one writes itself. And I said that this scene where we have uh, G. Groomer talking to Dylan has Nazi commandant interrogating a pink triangle energy. <laughs> where, like, this little gay twink is coming to this, like, German man's house and talks about how <laughs> his, his entire his family, family was arrested. This was fucked up, literally. This was so funny. Like, Dylan is like, oh, yeah, my family got arrested for praying to Jesus and for Christianity. And he says, first of all, we need to be happy for those people who died because they are now going okay, to be in heaven. But they weren't even dead. The guy was like, they're arrested, they're arrested and I'm worried they're going to be killed. And he says, that's a good thing. They're going to heaven. And it's like, man, this guy came to you for help because you're a revolutionary. And you're like, I don't know. It's good. Your family's going to die. And then yeah. he says. And because you've been to the police station, they're probably tracking you. So you should get the fuck out of my house. It was like, this is the most helpful man of all time. But he doesn't send him out before he's like, empty handed. Here's like, he's like, here, check out my hot uh, mixtape. This is fresh. My hot missionary action. (laughs) This is what you're going to be the one of the first person to hear about this. Uh, He slurs (laughs) it like that. Not because I'm drunk, but that's because how he talks. Dude, it was like he was talking to a -a Make-A-Wish kid. (laughs) You're my only special little buddy who gets this DVD of me getting my penis smacked with a ruler. Oh my god. So he gives him a DVD and he says to Dylan, we need to have those happy smiling moments again. And the man's family is about to be killed. That's one of the most European things I've ever heard. (laughs) Yeah, freak out. Happy smiling moment time. (laughs) Don't you know? We then get a montage because he said he would pray for Dylan. So we get a prayer montage. Skip. Yeah. The next actual scene we have is back uh, at the One World Government headquarters, which looks to be just like an office building. Like, lit with LED lights, like the string lights that every fuckboy has. It's, like, half office built, office space, half, like, warehouse. Yeah. 
And uh, essentially, Gavin McInnes is pissed. He talks about how Christians threaten the good one-world government values. He, yeah, he uh, says, uh, like, correctly that Christians act as though they want to kill mm-hmm. every human on Earth, which is That's objectively he true. <laughs> he also says that we may have to look into even eliminative measures, which is one of the weirdest ways to say that we are going to kill them. Yeah. I feel like that it's is how the government scene. talks IRL, though. Yeah, you know what? That's that's probably true. Uh, we then get youth ministry scene number two, which is them in a park, like in the middle of the night around a campfire. And they start off by singing Amazing Grace. And I'm like, how is this undercover? Yeah, like, which they've already singing. sang before. Yeah, and it's like, you have a big fire. And I will say, we get like the only non-German accent other than the American accent, which is uh, a young woman who says, uh, like, you have to get out of here. The police are coming. And it's like kind of like a Southeast Asian accent, which really yeah, took me off off guard. Strange. Like the, our, our fearless leader, uh, Greedo Grimjob. What, what did we call him? G-Groomer. G-Groomer. <laughs> is, Grimjob. Is like, uh, oh, don't like, don't worry. Like they see the cop cars, like the headlights. And everyone's like, oh, look at the headlights. Like what's going yeah. on? Uh, and he's like, no, I, I have a song. It's very powerful. And then he starts singing, like, he's, like, casting a spell to defend them. And I was like, that's oh. not very Christian of you, buddy. Also, he's like, we have to get the lyrics up. So one person Googles the lyrics of this, like, Christian classic folk tune on her phone. And I'm yeah. like, what the fuck? Would the government not see? <laughs> it's like, once again, their OPSEC was driving me insane. I was like, these people would be instantly executed. Also, I swear one of them has got to be his mom because she looks exactly like him. And she's in the movie, so I'm just going to yeah. assume. Uh, so the police show up and arrest the worshippers, and once again, G. Groomer escapes. This yeah, guy is like God leaves be them a fan. all to die. This guy has an FBI body count at this point, <laughs> where he's like, "Oh, you guys really like Christian? Really like Christianity? Yeah, you should definitely pray in public. In fact, you should pray with a bunch of people. The more people you pray with, the better." <laughs> So we then see, yes, that shot of a gro- of a G Groomer on a hilltop with a drone zooming around him as he's on his knees praying to, I'm assuming, God. It's never clarified. Uh, this is Cinema <laughs> Sins now. Uh, Cinema Ding. Sin number 316. <laughs> uh, we then get Gun Girl scene number five, a.k.a. back to the One World Government Headquarters. Uh, and once again, it's just <laughs> Gavin McInnes talking about how these Christians are succeeding and that they must have, quote, a specialist who can help them with yeah. technology. He, he does, uh, like, this is, a, a, you know, if you're a real movie fan like me, you might be aware of the idea of a symbol or a character using, like, an object or an item to represent a bigger idea. So it mm-hmm. sort of makes sense. It's an efficient way to tell a story. Um, so he calls over his daughter uh, who's like his like right hand man, uh, and yes. he's like, look at this train model that I have because he's a communist. He loves train. Um, Which true, true. Uh, and then he, she's like, why am I looking at the train? Uh, and he says, uh, things like this are made of history, which is you know a phrase that makes sense. Uh, yes. And then he says, this represents the Christians uh, who I have to kill all of them, uh, and that is the metaphor that he the train represents <laughs> Christianity, and he has to kill. Christianity because well, it's made of history. Dean, who else did the Germans put on trains? To uh-oh, kill? uh-oh. Just saying. This movie is, I'm, I'm not kidding, I think that's explicitly what they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> like, 100%. Uh, we then get dorm scene number six. Wait, before involved- the dorm scene, we also have the police people saying, 
It looks like they're gathering all over the place in groups of 10 to 15. And I wrote, they're following COVID protocols. Like, I don't even see why they're that mad. What are you so upset about? Uh, We go six feet apart. Back to the dorm where Gal Gadot says this line, Hanta, can you come real quick? (laughs) Which I wrote, I bet he can. Uh, They then start talking about, and at this point, we've seen what Gal Gadot's kind of organizing is. Uh, Her job is to organize the worldwide movement and like find venues. And in the montage that played earlier, that consisted of her writing the names of cities in like a mind map and just like circling different (laughs) cities. So she tells uh, Kyle Rittenhouse that they have, quote, reached the 100,000 person goal in Asia. So there's 100,000 Christians in Asia now. Let's like the go Facebook in Asia of like the number <laughs> of users. And then what really killed me about this scene is she's like, oh, wait, we don't have enough DVDs for them. <laughs> it's like she's literally holding like 20 DVDs. It's like, was that your plan? Oh, Lord. Uh, eventually, the door is knocked on and uh, Luke, who is, you know, Anton Chigurh, the former housemate of G Groomer and Gal Gadot, he returns to say, hey, you guys should stop this. Like, hey, guys come on, don't do this. Like, this is bad. Like, what happens if you get discovered? Like, I disavow you. I don't know you guys. He's basically just, like, dropping hints that he is going to betray them, uh, which gets Kyle Rittenhouse really aggressively angry. Rightfully and so. Kyle Rittenhouse, at this point, is wearing a Nashville Predators t-shirt, which also... <laughs> I like that people don't remember what Christianity is in 2025, but they know what the Nashville Predators are. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's brand synergy right there. They know what they're doing. Uh, this is an interminable scene. Like, it is one of the worst scenes in the movie because it just goes on for, like, ten minutes. It refuses to end. Uh, but at one point, we have some prime cuts, which is uh, G Groomer saying, I didn't have a lot of friends, Luke, just my sister. And, uh, which made me uncomfortable. This then transitions into a scene where G Groomer is out walking on, like, a random street in the middle of the day. And I don't mean, like, a street in a neighborhood. I mean, like, they're on the Autobahn in the (laughs) middle of, like, the black German forest. And it's, he's walking down the middle of this road with Gun Girl. And at this point, he's... Who, for the record, I, like, I swear to God, this is true. I rewound Mm -hmm. it, I'm pretty sure. So, uh, Gal Gadot... Uh, her name in the movie is Hannah. Is Hannah. Uh, yes. And I'm pretty sure Gun Girl's name is also Hannah. At least he calls her Hannah in this scene. Oh, he oh gets them God. confused. Jesus oh. or, Christ. Or, or he's uh, like marrying a girl who has the exact same name as his sister, which is normal. <laughs> mm. After living, anyways. Uh, he, he then tells her that he doesn't know how to interact with people, quote, especially with girls. I know I have my sister, but... and. At this point, he's trying to tell Gun Girl that he is in love with her and he wants to uh, make babies with her. But at this point, I was like, wait a minute. And here's my thought process, because they, they do a kiss. And I was like, oh, this guy probably just cast like an actor so he could kiss a woman on camera and not be arrested because she's not a teenager. And then I got a good look at her face and I went back to that Instagram post and I went, oh, fuck. Oh, oh yeah, it's his wife. Oh, fuck. I was like, this man just made me watch him kiss a teenager. <laughs> I was like, I hate yep. this movie. Yep. So he Whoops. cast I mean, his real life girlfriend to play his uh, future, while well, his real life girlfriend fiance to play his future fiance wife in his movie about 2025. I will say in 2025, she's more than legal. 
That's true. But this movie wasn't made in 2025. Now was it? Yeah, I, I also feel like this is a good point uh, to point out that in one of his uh, sermons from The Rock, uh, he says, uh, because of this new world government, quote, our children are getting taken from us. Uh, mm. Which I was like, yeah, dude, by Child Protective Services. <laughs> I wrote the exact same thing. <laughs> it was really, really horrible. I was so unhappy at this point that I watched this man uh, kiss his teenage girlfriend. Yeah, he sort of, I, like, puts his thumb in her eye, like, twice, yeah. almost. It's very uncomfortable. Okay, but as we know, they're married now, and he runs a whole thing about how to stay together in a marriage, and I feel like if he had cast a different woman and made out with her on screen, his wife would have been not happy. So this was truly yeah, that, to save that their marriage. That would have caused yeah. a rift, yeah. yeah. This is an R-rated movie. She isn't old enough to watch it. <laughs> no, this is a PG-13 movie. <laughs> she isn't old enough to watch it. So the scene we just discussed where he basically proposes to a woman, and then in the next scene, he's holding a woman. necklace, and he... <laughs> child, then. He's holding a <laughs> necklace, which he shows to his sister, and says, do you think Whoa. she'll like it? And then they give it to the hacker girl, and I wrote, yes. proposing to a woman and coming home and giving jewelry to another woman. Interesting. But. Yeah, he gives Holly, uh, Holly like a cat girl collar. Yeah. Cool. Very German. But it so had a cross on it. The futon that they set up is just for a cool Twitch religious live stream. Yes. And this is where it all fell into place for me. I was like, finally, mm. I've cracked the code of this film. The turtleneck that he wears all the time, the black turtleneck, it makes total sense. The tech hacker girl, it's all coming together. This is a movie about a Christian startup, a Christian oh, okay. Silicon Valley yeah. startup. <laughs> Like, You're it's right. all about, like, you know, like, oh, we got, like, our branding out there. The only thing he knows how to do is advertise. Uh, it's, like, the hacker girl does all of the actual work that they need to do. Like, they don't yeah, do anything but, like, market and, like, have, like, he's, like, the like charismatic face of the company. Charismatic in quotation marks. Yeah, uh, that, And that's it's, like, them true. selling a bullshit product that doesn't work. It's, it's perfect. It's the perfect analogy. Oh. So we go back to the One World Government headquarters where Gavin McInnes says that, quote, this group is tight. They have no weaknesses. And I'm like, man, I literally watched Kyle Rittenhouse spray all over Gal Gadot's feet earlier. Trust me, this group has yeah. weaknesses. And he also used spray paint earlier on. Yeah. One of them is Lenny from the fucking Of Mice and Men. <laughs> I think that is about as weak as you can get. Can, can, am I going to go see the fish, Luke? Yes, Lenny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So at this point, we then get a get a breaking blast where they tell Keld Gavin McInnes that they might have some information for him. And then it pans over and we see Luke, Anton Chigurh, the former housemate of G-Groomer, bum, kind bum, of like in bum. an NPC pose yeah, in like a black turtleneck. And he's like, I have information for you. And he says, it is good to see you, sir. My name is Luke. <laughs> it's just very polite, these Germans. And uh, he offers him a parlay. But the way he says like, Oh, like, I have information for you. Luke says, if you give me something in reverse, I have information for you. <laughs> Which I've literally too. never heard. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? Completely uh, insane. And then Luke well, then... He says, I want oh, immunity. And then the police says, granted. And he says, nice. Okay, so... And then he starts... <laughs> just nice. So yeah. Luke... Uh, Anton Jagur talks about how the whole Christian thing is, quote, growing out of itself. Which I, I don't know what that means. Uh, but what matters is that much as how Jesus was betrayed by Judas, G. Groomer is betrayed by Lucas. So wow. 
Luke gives them oh up. Oh my god, I didn't Gun even gir- get the Jesus parallel. Wow. Yeah. Wow, Gun girl really, warns yeah. not, her pedophile not a, fiance. Not a true Jesus fan. I guess Gun so. girl literally like calls him and is like, hey baby, uh, better hurry up. The raid is happening. And he says, yeah, okay, the raid one redemption sec. is happening. <laughs> and then Luke uh, escapes his house. Or, no, sorry, not Luke. Uh, G. Groomer escapes his house before the police can arrive. And then we yeah. have what I call Bugs Bunny style action as they like chase each other over and under a bridge where like G. Groomer is on top of the bridge and the police are below it. And it's just very silly. He ends up like, I guess, I think it's like a, an auto wrecker shop or like an auto body shop. Because G. Groomer steals that fucked up car from the beginning of the movie and, like, takes off being chased by the fake police vehicles. And now, it, it's all full an circle, hour later, I, I should, I do back. have to note, I'm sorry. Uh, no, please. You, you, you might wonder, uh, what happened to Gal Gadot? What happened to Kyle Rittenhouse? What happened to Holly? All of the other people in that house. To which I say, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, who? We never see them or hear about them again. We honestly don't have proof that they're real because it's been Gene Kruger <laughs> telling us this entire story. He's like, uh, yeah, and I have a hot blonde wife who is 18 years old and we were kissing in the road. After the interrogation scene, uh, Gavin McInnes tells his daughter, like yells at her on the phone, execute him. So they want the groomer dead. To which I wrote, yeah, baby. Like I couldn't wait. I was really <laughs> hoping I'd get to see a bullet put in this guy's brain. Uh, at this point, like he is taken out to the woods, he's held at gunpoint and we get a flashback from his life. At which point I realized that they put footage from his wedding into this movie. Yes. That was one of the things which from a character standpoint, like in universe makes no sense because they have not been married. So it's like, whose memories is this guy flashing? I just thought like that was him. Like, yeah. Like him imagining what what could have been. No, uh, you don't. That's not how it works. When you're near death, you see everything from your life, not everything you get to do. That'd be even worse. I so don't know. he just wanted to put his footage of him uh, to, I think, specifically to rub it in my face and to drive me insane. But before we get to find out what happens to him, he has a gun to his head. Lucinda is holding the gun. She's about to pull the trigger, and it cuts to black. That's right. 2025. The world enslaved by a virus ends on a cliffhanger. Will we see more? Will we have a 2026, the world enslaved by Germany? Only time will tell. <laughs> but what I can say with certainty is that this is certainly the greatest movie I have watched in the last 24 hours. <laughs> and I cannot wait to see more from the Vesley brothers and also undoubtedly this cadre of uh, child brides and various children given to him by his 13-year-old girlfriend. Uh, this sucks. Uh, this sucked so bad. Uh, I hate you, Jesse, for making me watch yeah. this. I hate uh, our, <laughs> you know, number one fan, Grace, for making me watch this. And I hate you, the listener, for not needing to ever watch this because you listen to this. <laughs> and here's the thing. Like, I could, I could say, <sighs> I'm not recommending you watch this movie. There are very funny lines. I think the best way to do it is no, skip. definitely no, don't no, no. watch it. Only watch, like, the dorm scenes. Because the acting from Gal Gadot is kind of worth the price of admission. You yeah. can watch this I for watch free. the first Gal Gadot scene uh, and I then would say run your head into a concrete dorm. wall for like 20 minutes. Like this movie made me angry, but it also made me laugh because it is probably the worst acted movie I've actually ever seen. I would say The Room is far more competent than this. Oh, it had actual yeah. actors. Oh, easily. In it. Well, this is like I used to make movies with my friends in grade six, and it was probably of similar quality to this movie, I would say, in terms of scripting. So 
I would say what this most reminds me of is like somebody posting footage from them playing like a game of paintball or airsoft. Yes, totally. (laughs) That is the quality. That is how it's shot. And that's kind of how the props look and the costumes are. Like this has strong like sixth grade birthday party energy. Like the the secondhand like police uniforms they get where they have to tape over the name of the city that the police is from. So it just says police. That's yeah, I, I think they filmed something like that in Halifax, uh, Nova Scotia, a couple of years oh, ago. Oh, yeah. RCMP, uh, 2025, world enslaved by a dentist. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that's time to yeah. end it. Thank you for listening. Thank you. We'll see I'm you so next sorry. Week. Goodbye. Uh, bye bye.